Good morning, Rock Bible Church. How are we this morning? What was that guy's name that we're building the house for? You remember? Felix. Felix. That is your that is your name for the next two weeks, right? This week in preparation, and then next week as we're down there, uh, just very excited. So be be praying. Uh, if you can't go, then you can't go. You can. There you go. All right, you can pray, and uh, not everybody needs to take an envelope and you know envelopes for Ensenada and make a donation. Not everybody needs to go on the trip, whatever. But we can all pray, and uh, putting somebody in the house is uh, it's wonderful. Sorry, I don't know what's right with me this morning. <laughs> We are in our series, uh, the, the book of First Samuel. We're chapter fifteen today. What's that? What's that title say right there? Oh, okay. Well, you're reading well. Um, the question is, how well do we listen? Anybody ever had trouble listening? Honey, have I ever had trouble listening? <laughs> Dang it! Um, you had kids? Had a boss? Had a coach, teacher, had an exchange at the checkout line. I mean, listening is the key to everything, right? Uh, couples come and say, hey, we want to get married. Can we meet with you a couple times or whatever? I said, no, you got to meet with me like five times. And then what uh, we talk about the whole time is listening. How do you communicate? Do you know that you can't prep a couple for marriage? Right, you know this, right? How, how many people got married and hit one or two surprises? <laughs> right? All right, say that with a smile or raise your hand. Don't, right? Um, but what you can do, you can prep them for listening. Okay? That's the basis of the relationship. Where am I going with this? The basis of our relationship with God has to do with our, what's that word again? listening okay um this is a very interesting passage and uh saul is um about to get demoted remember a couple chapters ago uh samuel told him to wait seven days and he waited eight days and when samuel wasn't back saul got nervous because there was a war and a big army and the people were freaking out and he didn't know what to do and so he took the offering and he offered it himself he did the sacrifice himself and it proved he wasn't listening at that point he probably was supposed to wait and god's going to show up through samuel and tell him basically um yeah nice try probationary uh term is over and we're going to move in a different direction right uh, we're going to meet david next week right not my little brother but the king right this is a little bit of how it happens you ready Okay, here we go. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 1. Samuel said to Saul, we're, we're right in the middle of conflict already. We're jumping right in. Okay. The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people Israel. Now, therefore, to the words of the Lord. Listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way 
when they came up out of Egypt. Who brought the Israelites out of Egypt? And some, somebody opposed them. The, uh, the king was named Amalek. And they put ites on the end of every group of people. What do you think they were called? The Amalekites? Right? And God doesn't forget. And God wants to do something about that. You oppose me, I have to show you how that goes. Right? Watch what he says. This is rough. Some people really don't like this passage. Now, go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. How much? All. That word right there. Oh my gosh, look at this. I could almost reach it. That teeny little word right there is, is the heaviest one. If you're going to destroy every, all, what's that include? I know. I, you used the word to, to describe the word. I'm saying, give me some specifics. Are we going to kill the women? Yes. What? I can't follow a book that promotes the killing of women. You know, we kill the kids. Yes. What about the sheep? Yes. I mean, the sheep didn't do anything wrong, did they? We're going to burn the place to the ground. Yes. Is God angry? Yes. Whoa. We're, we're not going to spend any time on this today. But it makes absolute sense to me if we did a different lesson and went back and looked at the history as to why these people need to not be here anymore. You know, God says, look. I will wipe you out if you don't. Were the Amalekites listening? No. Okay, so this is a beginning theme, right? Strike them down, all that they have. Do not spare them. How many get to live? Okay. Kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox, sheep, camel, donkeys. Poor donkeys. They got a rough life as it is, right? And they get named last, and you get to die, okay? Saul summoned the people and uh, numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 men on foot, 10,000 men of Judah. Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley, and then Saul said to the Kenites, hey, Ken, you're going to meet Barbie in your future. I think you should leave. You don't want to miss out on your future. This is basically what he says. Go depart, go down from the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them, for you showed kindness. Were the Kenites listening? A little bit. Now did they come to faith or become part of Israel? No. But they listened a little. Is there, is there partial credit in God's economy? You, you ever been in a math class where you got partial credit? Those are my favorite. I hated the classes where it was either right or it's wrong. That's it. We got a God of partial credit. Amen? So the Kenites are going to get out of here. Watch. You showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from the Amalekites. Saul defeated the Amalekites at Havilah, as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt. Now you're supposed to insert a joke here about being sure that you won. But we're not going to do that. He took Agag, the king of the Amalekites. Is that next word? I don't have my glasses on. Alive? Wait, isn't that a violation? 
devoted to destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. So did all the people die? Yes. But Saul and the people spared a gag? And the best of the sheep? And of the oxen? And of the fattened calves? And the lambs? And all that was good? And you know what happened? They made an exception. And then what happened? Well, you know, if we're... We're not going to kill him, but, you know, and these sheep, and we're going to keep them, you know, as long as we're keeping the sheep and we're going to have to feed them, we're going to have to collect food. We can collect a little more and keep the lambs and then keep the calves because they'll grow up and they'll produce more. And I mean, there's some economic reasons why we should just keep going with this, right? And all that was good and did not utterly destroy. It doesn't say did not, it says what? Would not. Did not and would not. What's the difference? What's the feel? The tone change. We're doing English. We're having fun. Um, would not? Oh, you had a choice. Did not, just as a simple observation, right? He didn't turn there. I saw him and he didn't turn left. He kept going. I saw that he, he didn't turn. But if you were in the car with him, and you got to the left turn, and you heard him say, you know, I don't want to turn here. And he just went straight. Then you could change it from, well, I saw that he did not, to I knew that he would not. Right? I love the specificity of the Bible and the words that it uses. All right? uh, would not utterly destroy them. All that was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction. Yeah, that stuff was garbage already. We're going to burn that. The stuff that has any value, we're going to keep it. And what just became more valuable than God? Stuff, right? I will, I will argue that most of the time when you get in trouble with God, it's because you let stuff become more important than Him. Argument with your spouse, a position at work, financial situation, uh, a law about this or that or the other. I don't know. You let stuff become more important to where you're just going to do whatever you want, break any law. It doesn't matter how it affects anybody else. And if you take their catalytic converter from their truck right and parked in front of their house, then who cares? Because that stuff is more important. Yeah, that happened this week. The truck is very loud right now. So... Uh, the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. That's a longer version of saying Saul failed to listen. And Samuel was angry. And he cried to the Lord all night. Next slide. And Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, and he was told, Samuel, Saul came to Carmel. Behold, he set up a monument for himself and turned and passed on and went down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be, to, uh, blessed be you to the Lord. Blessings. I perform the commandment of the Lord. Whoops. Whoops. Now, he, he failed to listen. And now what else is he? He just added. He's a liar. Right? Um, and he's going he's gonna to perpetuate this and build on it a little bit. 
Uh, Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of the sheep that I hear? <laughs> right? In my ears. The lowing of the oxen that I hear. As they're talking and he's telling them, oh, I did everything the Lord told me. And Samuel's like, well, how come I hear cows? How come I can hear sheep? That's irony, folks. Good comedy, right? Like uh, a couple chapters ago, he, he waits to the eighth day. He was supposed to wait seven. On the eighth day, he goes and offers the offering himself and does the sacrifice, not being a priest. And then right as he finishes the offering, he walks up. Samuel, it's great irony, right? Um, Bible's full of comedy if you really look for it, right? Saul said, they have brought the... the who? They. Huh. They have brought them from the Amalekites. They is, I'm pretty sure that's second person, plural. Who's that eliminate? Yeah, when you're first person, you in here, you would say instead of they have brought, you would, starts with W, rhymes with E. We have brought. Shouldn't, shouldn't it read we have brought? No. What's he doing? He's deferring, right? He's deflecting, blaming, shifting. Uh, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord. You see, Samuel, we were gonna do we were gonna do an offering. Now, is that is that cheeky? Is he trying to slide one past him? Is he right? And and all of you can see through this, right? Um, what what else might be going on here? Bro, last time you did a sacrifice, you got in trouble. Were you about to do it again? Whoa, that's what I would have liked to see. I, if Sam could have waited a little bit longer, we could have found out, you know. And his timing's wonderful. Um, the rest we've de devoted to destruction. Samuel said to Saul, stop. I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And he said, speak. Though you are little in your own eyes, Samuel says to Saul, Though you are little in your own eyes. What has he just observed and proclaimed? What is the problem that Saul has? He has low... Yeah, or low self-image. Right? He lacks... Well, he's quite the con, but he lacks con... Confidence. Right? He's short on pride. Um, he's in a position where he thinks little of himself. I, I trust, I pray that that never happens for you. No jokes here. We were never designed to think little of ourselves. We are sons and daughters of the King. Amen? And we forget that. We forget our position. Well, we start compromising things. And Samuel says, look, you got an inner issue. Your, your heart condition, your inner dialogue that's going through your head, we, we need to work on that because you're in the wrong place. Are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? Folks, th this is a great statement for us. No matter how you feel about yourself or think about yourself, own where God has placed you. If you're a dad... Be a dad. If you're a man, act like it. You know, there's actually a verse in the Bible that says to men, act like men. 
Ladies, never, ever give an excuse or apologize for being a woman and all that it entails. Amen? Amen. And if you're a kid, be a kid because it don't last. <laughs> and take advantage of it as long as you can. If, if you're in charge of something, be in charge. Show up a few minutes early. Stay a few minutes late. Do whatever. Pay your own way. Do the stuff you're supposed to do. Why? Because God said so, and you've yet to sit in the second row very much. You catch all that stuff when you sit in the second row. Sometimes we do stuff because God put us in a place, and He said to do it, and we learn to listen to Him. Saul's missing it. You could have had, and it could have been, and yet... said the Lord anointed you king over Israel, then be king, act like a king. The Lord sent you on a mission and said, go, devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed or gone. Why then did you not... Oh, that's a dirty little word, isn't it? Anybody have trouble, dislike struggle with that little word there other than me yeah larry okay me and larry this is for us apparently the rest of you have no problem with obedience just kind of a problem because there's at least one other person that should be admitting they have a problem with obedience right now any guesses where they are you can't see them because they're in the balcony hey no, uh, we all have trouble with obedience, right? Because we don't listen. He says, look, you did not obey the voice. Interesting. We're going to play on that at the end when we get to the fill-ins. But shouldn't that say you did not obey the commands or the commandments, the directives? You didn't obey the imperatives? No, what does he say? You didn't listen to the voice. Wow, if you get Ten Commandments, well, that's just your checklist. If God gives you and says ten things to you, how much better is that? Say lots. And why? Now you've got to use more than one word. It's personal now, and we know this because we're in a conversation. We're in a conversation. Right? I've I have this thing in my family. I don't, maybe it happens to you. Where I get text messages with lists and directives. You ever gotten that? No? I'm the only one? Okay, personal ser- uh, therapy session for me. I've started figuring out that instead of saying yes or okay or please send me details, you know what I, you know what, two words. Who said that? Ashley, of course. Call me! Because I need to have more of a conversation to get the details and figure out what's going on here. Right? You realize that this is the same way God and His Word describe our communication with Him? Voice, conversation, relationship. Rather than just a bunch of lists and, and words. You did not obey the voice of the Lord. Why did you pounce on the spoil? Do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. There's an implication there that when you fail to listen, that's an act of evil. Ooh. 
I thought I just wasn't listening. It hurts more when you say I was being evil, right, and ignoring him. Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Is that true or false? That's false. I've gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I've brought a gag, king of Amalek, and have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. What did he just admit? just admitted the lie that he just said the sentence before i did what he said and then he says i brought a gag no if you did what god said a gag would be dead but the people took the spoil the sheep the oxen the best things of uh, devoted to destruction to sacrifice to the lord our god in gilgal right he's still trying to spin it and then here comes one of the famous verses in christianity from samuel that uh You'll recognize this. In fact, I put it on your outline there at the top. Samuel said, and he busts into poem to do this, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, Saul, but you're not listening, so maybe I'll break into song. Maybe then you'll get it and memorize the words. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? You see that little symbol after the D on Lord? That's a question. The Bible does this quite often. It phrases things as a question, and yet we know it's really not a question. Or it's an implied. We're leading the witness, Your Honor. Okay? It's, um, no, who are the philosophers back Greek? Uh, it's a uh, not Socratic question. Socrates, Aristotle, and the, the and Mo. <coughs> yeah, it's a Socratic question, where you're asking a question in the form of a question, but the answer is implied, right? And rather than options, there's one answer. What's the answer to this question? Is God like obedience or offerings? Obedience. Ooh, you know what would have been a, an easy option for fill-ins at the end for you as pastor if you were preaching this morning? Which one's better, obedience or offerings? Right? Make you fill in both. Right? God's into obedience. And here's what we like to say. I'd rather ask forgiveness than permission. Oh, what a human statement. How grotesquely human. Does God want to offer you forgiveness? Yeah, He sure does. But He would much rather have a conversation ahead of time and give you permission. Then if you messed up, it'd be on accident rather than intentional, right? Because we start running off and doing things because we want to. That's called entitlement, right? And it's a virus with no cure. Well, there's one cure. His name is Jesus, right? We'll get into that. Uh, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Which is interesting because they've been sacrificed in the history of their nation. And to listen, and to what? And listen is better than fat. <laughs> that's, come on, folks, that's funny, right? <laughs> Listening is better than fat. Nobody likes fat. This is the easiest one of all time, right? For rebellion is as the sin of divination. Rebellion. Ooh, we know what rebellion is. What's divination or divination? Witchcraft or the pursuit of things that have the appearance of divine. You go after the whole nation of 
fake divine stuff. You're, you're trying to be spiritual, but you're chasing things that have no real spiritual value. Right? Paul tells us in the New Testament, there is no other God. They don't actually exist. They're all fake. When you pursue that, you're practicing divination, right? Um, and presumption, that's the one I get in trouble with. I, I, I never rebel against Julie. Never. I do make some presumptions that get me in quite a lot of discussions. <laughs> right? What's presumption? You're going to need to know this. There's a test at the end. What's presumption? Uh, making an assumption that ends up being wrong, right? I mean, once in a while you can presume and you get it right. That's called guessing and blessing combined, right? Presumption is as iniquity. You have to say that with a little venom. Iniquity, right? And idolatry. What's iniquity? When you do things that are wrong, sinful, or evil. And what's, uh, what's idolatry? When you worship stuff, that's what we said earlier, and it becomes an idol to you, um, then that's when you get in trouble. You know, that's what you do when you presume. Isn't that weird? Presumption becomes an idol? How does that work? It's very confusing. I need an idol. I need a physical, like if when I needed something I could take a picture of that resembles presumption so that I can post it on the refrigerator and say presumption bam that's the idol i took a picture of it what's what am i going to take a picture of or take a picture in front of the reflection in the ooh who's the idol you become the idol of idolatry in presumption now that one hurts a little bit because now what's just become what's the stuff that's just become more important than God? You are. Because you failed to listen. Bummer. <clears throat> because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. The short version of this, the way my mom would say it, oh, you you rejected the word of, of the Lord? And he believed you. He believed you that you rejected him. And oh, you have no desire to work together anymore? No more cooperation? Okay, I know how to do that. You don't want to listen to me. I don't want you to be king. We're moving on. God does that? God has a voice. His instructions, guidance. Um, safety tips might be a better way to say it. When, when you ignore those or fail to listen to those, there's consequences. And that's, that's just the way it goes. Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Those guys. It was they... Now, therefore, please pardon my sin. That's, 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 a, that's a good confession right there. Pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before the Lord 
Come with me because I need to go repent before God. Does that, that sound good? Is there a way to mess this up? Say yes. All right, here it comes. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. He says, no, this is over, Saul. Watch what Saul does. As Samuel turned to go away, Saul seized the skirt of his robe, and it tore. And Samuel turned around to him and said, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Oh, that feels good, doesn't it? And also, the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret. For he is not a man that he should have regret. Israel's going to move on. Israel's going to be fine. Israel will not lie, and I will take the people out who lie and deceive and follow their own presumptions. I'm going to take care of Israel. That's pretty cool. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me. I, hmm? I have sinned, yet honor me. If you just stop the sentence right there, you get the real sense of what's about to happen, right? He's just sinned against who? God, and he stands for Samuel, and they're talking about Israel, and yet, which idol does he pull out again? Himself, right? Honor me now before the elders of my people. Whose voice is he still trying to impress? The elders of the people, right? And, the, and before Israel, and return with me that I may bow before the Lord your God, and everyone else can see it, is the implication there, right? Is he still worried about his image? Man, Samuel was right when he said, though you view yourself as small. So Samuel turned back after Saul, and Saul bowed before the Lord. And Samuel said, bring here to me a gag. Remember that king that was supposed to be dead? Yeah, watch this. King of the Amalekites. And a gag came to him cheerfully. A gag said, surely the bitterness of, bitterness of death is past. I think I made it too. Made it through. And Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childish, childless among women. Um, what did a gag do to Israel as they were coming out of e Egypt? Was he killing infants and women and oxen and sheep and camel? Right? Now maybe the story makes a little more sense if you go back and look at it. We're going to cover that some other day. Um, and Samuel hacked a gag to pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. There are some sentences in the Bible that are a little confusing, for, a little hard for me, right? And this is terrible, and yet, hacked? Really? We chose, we chose that word? Um, is that, hey, we're going to give you a little pill, and you're going to go to sleep, and, and you're not here anymore? No, is this, is this violent? Are we sending a message? Yikes. Then Samuel went to Ramah, he went home, and Saul went to his house in Gibeah, and Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death, and Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel, and may the Lord bless the reading of his word, amen? amen. Man, 1 Samuel's a long book. Then there's a second Samuel with a whole bunch of more chapters, right? 
And here we have this guy, Saul, who becomes king. And everybody's heard of Saul as king, pretty much, if you've gone to church for any kind of time. And yet, how many chapters was he king? About four? He's, he's a bit player. In fact, he got posterized, right? Just, where's, where's my sports dudes? Posterized, right? Posterized is when somebody makes an amazing play and they take a picture and make a poster out of it. And there's another guy that's being dunked on or scored on or something like, and they say he's been posterized because his mistake is now poster size for everybody to see, right? I'm hoping to see a couple of those tonight when Miami loses to Denver again <laughs> in the NBA playoffs. We'll talk about that some other time. Um, we have to as Christians move beyond the information. And that may sound a little confusing, but if you're going to move beyond information, it's kind of like my son. He's about to graduate with an engineering degree. He's had five years of information I'm going to give you, this is such a lobbed softball, you can hit this one easy. What are Julie and I hoping for so much right now? How did you all get that right at the same time? <laughs> we want him to move beyond the information and start to work, do something with it. You sang a little earlier, we worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. Right? Then you sang, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Do you remember that? And then you started talking about, surely God is with us. Did we got that one too? How do, how do those things happen? How do you worship? God. I know we did was, is, evermore. That's like forever. We're always going to worship Him. You, do you know that it's, impo it's impossible to worship God without, without listening? You can come and you can sing the song. You can memorize the songs and the tune. You can hum it in your car and then you go and do something contrary. Were you worshiping? No, you were reciting. See, if there's going to be joy in the house of the Lord, where's that come from? From knowing a whole bunch of stuff? Well, I've listened to every series that Scott's ever preached. Is that where the joy comes from? No, that's where sleep comes from. <laughs> right? Where's the joy come from? You take any one piece that you hear at church from Scripture, from God, any direction from the holy spirit any action someone else does that's righteous and you try to do it you act on it in some way that's where your joy comes from because you're finally listening it's so sad for saul that's how i remember his name so saul sad so sad saul sad so right um and how do you experience God surely in the place? 
right? I, I know when people are home at my house, even if I can't see them. I listen for them, okay? You can know that God's in this place if you're listening for Him. Because He's everywhere, right? I just, just so you know, God is surely in this place. You could have some doctrinal problems with that because He's ever-present. Like, why would we say that surely He's in this place? Of course we knew He was in this place. He can't not be anywhere. He has to be everywhere, right? And what's that written for? Are we surely in the, why, are we, why are you being reassured that He's there? Because He was always there, but you fail to hear Him? You're off on your other things, doing your other This is what gets me in trouble, okay? This is why the church started a year later than it could have. I mean, let's go full admission here, right? This is why it took me way too many years to marry Julie. I could have got married to Julie a lot earlier, and it would have been way better. Well, I'm assuming she said yes earlier. I don't know. Maybe he made me wait. Let's not get into that, okay? Let's move on to the fill-ins. Rabbit trails. Um, how do we listen to God, and what do we need to know about listening to God? First one is this, is that presumption and rebellion. Remember those two words? I made you to look at them and define them. What happened After they did re- presumption and rebellion, what did Samuel say to Saul? He said, you have rejected God, right? Those two lead to rejection. When you presume and you rebel, you will reject something. And probably you're going to get rejected sooner than you reject. You start being presumptuous and rebellious, what happens to the people around you? What do they do? Oh, I don't know what he's doing, but I'm, I'm staying far away from him. Have you ever been in public and somebody's acting erratic? What do you do? <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I'm out of here. Right? I'm not staying around for that. Um, and what, they, what it does to us, though, it, Saul says to Sam, and it's a great line, weren't Weren't you placed his head over Israel? Aren't you king? He forgot his position. Why? He was doing presumption and rebellion to preserve his position. He thought, and it was a wrong presumption. And we do it all the time. We say things, we manipulate people, um, we hold back information, whatever. We do all kinds of little things out of presumption. Well, if I do this, maybe I can protect, you know, whatever. Or we rebel, you know, I... I know they're older, smarter, and in my family, and I should honor them, but I'm just, I'm not going to listen. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear, or whatever. We do all kinds of stuff like that. We think we're protecting our position, but actually, you reject your placement rather than affirm it. You think you're affirming the position that you're in, and by the way, whose job is it to affirm you? God? Who else? I'm going to set you free this morning of so many things. It, I, this should, you should walk out of here on one toe, just almost floating out of here this morning. Why? Because no one's job is to affirm you. Have you figured this out? Whose job is it to affirm you? God. And who else? No one. Stop looking for affirmation. <gasps> I don't know how to function like that, Scott. Neither do I. I'm always trying to get Julie's affirmation, Wayne's, my family's. 
I get nervous when I preach and my daughter comes and brings her friends. How's that going to go over afterwards? <laughs> Am I crushed? Did I embarrass her? I don't know. I don't care. When you stop. <laughs> love you, hun. Um, when you stop playing to affirmation from other people, what can you do? You can do your placement. If you trust God to affirm what you're doing, when you do it, how you do it, with whom you do it, you'll stop worrying about attendance. I mean, let's get personal. <laughs> what has the potential of freaking me out? This right here. You see this right here? You know what this is? You know what that is? That's an empty seat. Oh, no, there's another one. There's, oh, I'm surrounded. Right? What else freaks me out? There's a monthly report. Many times it comes out quarterly. At the end of the year, we do a big one. Budget. Giving. You freak out about that, too. What do I preach on? Do you know that I panic about what I preach on? What? You seem like you have so much fun. and Yeah. A facade. <laughs> Should have took acting classes, right? I would have made more money. No, uh, we don't take attendance, and I have no idea what anybody gives. I never look at the giving statements. Why? It's an exercise for me in where my affirmation comes from. God called me to be a pastor, then bam, this is where I am. I get the shakes on Sundays if I'm not here. It's weird. And we have great people that come and pre... I mean, shoot, we got Brent. But I freak out when someone else does my job. Why? Because I'm human. Right? And I have to struggle. I get to struggle. I get to grow in hindering my presumptions, cutting off my rebellion so that I don't get rejected and I don't reject the position that God has placed me in. When's my affirmation happen then? Whenever He wants it to. And it comes in weird ways. I mean, you too sang it, right? Great theologians. He moves in mysterious ways. I, I just changed one of the words because I make all songs theological statements. So we'll move on. Uh, you can see this in at least two places in those two verses. Secondly, or middle fillings, when the voice of the people is greater than your view of self. Remember that? Saul come, Samma comes into Saul and says, look, you, 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 you look so small to yourself. Stop doing that. What if you believed in God's affirmation? Ooh. What if you stopped trying to affirm yourself? Because remember I said it was no one else's job but His? And you just wait for when He affirms you. Because when you, when you do anything else, when the voice of the people is greater than your view of self, what's that last phrase? You lose. You lose.
God has afflicted me with competitiveness, confidence, ego, initiative. You know, the whole uh, type A driven, I will win at all costs, blah, blah, blah. Right? That's me. I have a thread of guys that we watch basketball games and we text each other back and forth during the game. And we, we keep it clean and the whole thing. But the other night, one team was destroying the other team, and the one guy texts, ah, they've got their foot on their neck. It's time to end it. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's not strong enough. That's me. Right? I'm super, super competitive. What do I hate? I hate losing. There's an equation to win. Pull out your outline, look at the top. It says 1 Samuel chapter 15. What's the title? How do you win? Listen to them. Regardless of your position or what the people say or what gets posted. And know what he's called you to do and then go do it. I met with Ed Noble. Uh, this is long before we started a church. And I was doing student ministry. And uh, he was a speaker at a camp. And we pulled him aside. Gino Cunningham and I talking to him at lunch at this summer camp. And Gino and I are both talking like, you know, we're pretty sure we can't hang out with teenagers for our whole life. We might need to become like an adult pastor or a lead pastor. Maybe even plant a church, like start a church. What do you think, Ed? Like, what's, what's your advice? You're a decade ahead of us and way smarter, blah, blah, blah. He said, he said, I don't know about all that stuff you just talked about, but if you're going to be a lead pastor, start acting like it today. Without a church, without people, without money, without a building, without a plan, without a title, without a name for your church or a bank, start today. If you're a mom and you've yet to have kids, what did I just do? If you've yet to have kids but you're a mom, start acting like a mom. So you're ready for it when the kids show up. This is how it works, right? And then have the view of self that God has given you. Lastly, this, listen and obey are the same. Listen and obey are the same. He said that um, he likes obedience over offering. Uh, yeah, that's because you listen and you obey. And in Hebrew culture, and Israelite culture, they would never say you listened, but you disobeyed. If you disobeyed, then you weren't listening. Well, I heard you. But then, instead of listening and doing it, you reject it. And we have different words for rejection these days. We say, oh, they're defiant, confrontational, combative. You know, you're, you're rejecting. Either listen or you don't. There are certain things you don't look at. Or certain places you don't go. 
there's certain things you absolutely say. There's certain things you absolutely spend time on. Why? Because God gave them to us as commandments. You know, it's funny. I, I look in the Bible for suggestions. I can't find them. Like God, does that word even exist in your vocabulary? It's God. I was up here in heaven and I saw you and I thought, you know, I got a suggestion for you. <laughs> How silly does that sound? Right? Listen and obey are the same, and here's the problem. You're going to do that. Wait, that sounds like a good thing, not a bad thing. Eh, I'm about to twist it on you. Ready? You will listen and obey because they are the same. Right? Here's the problem. Give it to them. There's three voices. We just lost it. <laughs> There's three voices. There's the voice of the people. There's your own voice. Presumption, rebellion. And then, then there's, there's whose voice? Heitzman's not here. God's? Okay, good. All right. And the best way for you to think about this with these voices, when you hear the voice of the people, you need to check what your voice is. In the presence of other voices, you need to know what your voice is saying. Okay? And then, and here's the, here's the piece. Absolutely know what God's saying and ask yourself, are they the same? When the voices are different, you know there's a conflict. When the voices are the same, like when, when God's Word says something and then my wife says it and then I start thinking about it, I'm like, dang it, her and God are right. What's, what's the action item there? listen do it <laughs> right all right we listened i heard the little voices are all the same that's how you know now is it going to be 100 percent clear no. say no very very seldom in life ever this is why the righteous shall live by faith. faith right faith is the belief in things hoped for and the assurance of the yet unseen amen um, do you listen to God? Have you ever told God you want to listen to His voice forever? Like you listen to what He says about His Son, His death on the cross. Have you ever accepted Him and said, you know what, I need my sin solved. I need it washed away. I need it paid for. I need a substitute for that. And I recognize that Christ went to the cross and did everything that He did to prove to me and everyone else who He is so that I could start listening to His voice from now on. If you haven't done that, that's why we're here. We build houses in Mexico and we teach kids Bible verses and train them up in the way that they should go so that people can come to a knowledge of a relationship with God. And if you've never started that, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. You can pray it right now. Lord, I listen to you from now on. I accept your son. You can pray that. If you want help, well, that's why we're here too.
come see me after. Amen? All right, Lord, thank you for uh, this morning, the time we have and what we get to see from your word, our ability to worship and pray, Lord, that we would walk out here today understanding a little better how listening and obeying plays into that. I pray for those who are making that decision for the first time. Lord, I pray that you give them the words to say it. Give them the confidence in the decision. And then help us help them. We thank you for the offering that we're about to receive, Lord. And what we're going to do with your church through it. And we trust no one feels obligated to give, but recognize that what we do, we do as a family, your family. We pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Man, if you want to meet tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, uh, Doug's house. Come see me afterwards. If you're not on tech strain, I can add you or just give you information about that. A little light male fellowship for encouraging our relationships with the Lord. Amen. Uh, Felix and Elizabeth. Felix and Liz. Amen. May you hear the voice of the Lord and obey. Amen? Amen. Go with him.